Hello. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Michael and Benjamin's podcast. Welcome back again to the tiny room. I am the Michael of Michael and Benjamin's podcast, and I am joined by the man who knows that when that hotline blings, that can only mean one thing. It's Benjamin. Yeah, my dominoes is ready. Woo! Very good. Benjamin, we've got a lot to get through today, so why don't you take us straight away into the theme music? <gasps> theme music for the podcast. Don't actually have anything music But I hope someone will mix them up for us I don't wanna name any names Rachel, I hope it's Rachel <laughs> Very good <laughs> Benjamin, um, let's let's do our traditional news, then news, then reviews, then a topic. Sure, look. Uh, <laughs> very good. Uh, Gold. Benjamin, yeah. um, did you see the trailer for the new film, which is about the character Hellboy? Yes, trailer number two, international trailer number two, baby. Red band trailer. Uh, if you're in the States, rated or if you're everywhere else and over 18s only, if you're somewhere else other than those two places previously listed. Yeah, looks looks interesting. I was more excited for this one because Mike McNuller, the creator of Hellboy himself, actually tweeted that a new trailer was coming, uh, much improved. Yeah, looks um, a lot better. Which be shows his his very strong reaction to that first shocking trailer, which I honestly do believe was suffering very heavily from Deadpool syndrome. What's Deadpool um, syndrome at the time? Uh, an itchy balls, quirky, meta referential, slightly jarring tone of music versus visuals, unusual retro soundtrack combined with eighties aesthetic that is very popular these days, especially with Netflix stuff. That's kind of what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's you know how it was working, itchy ball stuff. You know, um, the usual kind of thing. But this one... Much better, Ben, I felt. Much more in tone. Much more in keeping with the tone of, of a Hellboy comic. Mm. Um, again, spanning multiple storylines. But I think it's going to be good, Michael. Round round two made me hopeful. It, it, it certainly looks a lot better, Ben. Here's what worries me, Benjamin. They have cast Mila Jovovich, yeah. who you know I'm quite a fan of, Ben. From an aesthetic point of view, A very certainly. aesthetic point of view, yes. They've cast her as an English woman. Benjamin, there are plenty of English women. Cultural appropriation, Michael. It strikes again. Is it cultural appropriation, or is it just why? Why wouldn't they just cast an English woman, uh, or even an, uh, a French woman who has a natural English accent, for example, like Eva Green? Oh, that should be great. Yeah, exactly. It should be so intense. Very like, intense. Oh, I want to see that movie with Eva Green. Oh, you've ruined the movie for me, Michael. I haven't, Ben. Look, if you want to see Eva Green playing that character, you can just watch Spartans three hundred, the second Spartans three hundred and one, three hundred one Spartans, or Penny Dreadful. Or Penny Dreadful, yes. In, in any, really, Eva Green in any incarnation. I tell you what, Go if on. Eva Green wasn't it, there would be 100% more chance of tits. Uh, I, She's I a big fan of topless scenes. I have seen Miljovic topless several times. Really? I do Never not mind. now want to go into listing it, because that will make me seem like someone who's keeps kept this list. But off the top of my head... <laughs> Uh, Resident Evil, the first one. I have never seen a Resident she Evil is movie. Topless in that, and I believe the Fifth Element. Was that not hinted at nudity? I thought there was nudity in the first couple of minutes in the. Was Fifth Element, was that not pressed against steamed glass of some kind? Was I it not? I don't remember Ben, but I'm just saying. Mila Jovovich is not nudity averse. Fine, but now I really want to see Eva Green as as 
her instead of Miljovic. But Benjamin, I, I do think that Miljovic carries heavy, heavy nerd currency. Our mutual friend, no, not our mutual friend, my friend and your arch nemesis, Shane. Bloody Shane. He has a theory on uh, nudity in films. He His theory is, if you want to see some nudity in films, just watch some porn. I kind of, I'm going to have to agree with my arch nemesis. On that. <laughs> this is a fair point. I don't know. Back in the day, you could tantalize and titillize away and, and kind of, you know, give people a little fix of nudity yeah. here and there. We don't need that anymore. The, the, the cinematic experience has gotten a lot more pg Actually, just in general, there's no need for 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 scantily clad women anymore. Yeah, there's not as much titillation in the movies I feel as there used to be. I could be completely wrong. Maybe our listeners have an opinion then. Yeah, if you could write in, and let us know whether there's too many tits or or not. Um, that'd be great. <laughs> um, yeah, because also the influence of the Chinese. They're a grand bunch of lads. Grand bunch of lads. But they don't like titillation in their films. And if you put any titillation in your movie, it's not getting released in the world's second biggest movie market. Yeah, apparently, um, what did I read there recently? You might be getting a sequel simply because it performed so well in... The Meg? China. Skyscraper? No. Uh, no but Alita like, Battle Angel? It, Alita Battle Angel, I think. I is, thought Alita Battle Angel was quite good anyway. It had set to get an L sequel based purely on the Chinese market. The grand bunch of lads. Ben, yeah. um... I can't remember what I was going to say there. Uh, yes, I still think David Harbour's delivery is a little bit flat. Better edited in this particular one, mm. but yeah, I'm not sure. I think he suffers greatly from being not Ron Perlman. Yeah, he does suffer greatly from not being Ron Perlman. Ron, Ron Perlman I'd like to point out that, that I said he suffers greatly from being not Ron Perlman. From from not oh, what did I say? Not being Ron Perlman. Oh yeah, well okay, fair enough. That's probably a little bit harsh on David Herbert. Um But <laughs> he just comes home to his mum, and his yeah. mum is like, "Ah, oh, Ron, Ron. Um, it's not Ron, mum, it's David." <sighs> She's just so upset. He's much bigger though. Um, he's a very big man. Mm. He's a very big man. I genuinely believe he might have that physique underneath all the red makeup. Um, he looks better. The makeup looked better the second time round. I. I could hack it more. It's more expressive. It looks a lot less like a Mike Mig- Mikey, uh, as we call him, Mikey Miggs. Mikey um, Miggs. It looks a lot less like a Mikey Miggs drawing than the Ron Perlman version did. Because Ron Perlman looks like he was designed by Mikey Miggs. Yeah, that's true. I, I also... Sorry, I, I'm saying Ron Perlman. I obviously mean Ronnie P. Ronnie P, obviously. <laughs> in keeping with podcast tradition. <laughs> yeah. I was looking at the a couple of clips from the old Hellboy movies after I watched the trailer. And it just remind me why I often don't like some of Guillermo del Toro's stuff. Oh, yes. The, bitch, the practical ben. effects sometimes just rub me the wrong way. No, practical effects are great, Ben. He has he, eyeballs in his hands. Mm, no, those ones are great. He has no eyeballs on his head, Ben. They're I, in his hands instead. I'm pretty excited what? to see where Jaguar and... Uh, I can't remember the name of the character from the comics, but he's he's the big pig monster thing possessed by an Irish imp. Hmm. Celtic blood god from uh, from... Pig mythology. It's gonna be. It's gonna be good. Pig from, uh, from sorry, from Irish mythology. Celtic, <laughs> Celtic pig god from Irish mythology. Little little war god thing. Um, be, good crack. Uh, another bit of um, a bit of whitewashing sidestepped in that one. Within the casting of uh, Ben Daimo, the Were Jaguar. Well, Ben Daimo is is uh, Japanese American. Japanese American. So they've cast in, a Korean American, and he's playing a Britishman by the sound of things. I, they, I think they, that's just Daniel J. Kim's voice. From that one line, it was, where's my violin? And it sounded very British to me. We'll see. I could we'll be wrong. We, we'll find out when we go see the film. Um, that was going to be Francis. Pardon me? That was going to be Francis. Yes, and they, they recast him mm-hmm. for, for the for the L anti-whitewashing, which is, you know, not necessarily a bad thing. I don't know if someone else had to lose a job because of it, but... Anyway, Ben. Look. 
No, he he stepped out himself. Hello. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Michael and Benjamin's podcast. Welcome back to the tiny room. I am the Michael of Michael and Benjamin's podcast. And I am being joined today by the man who is known as the man who knows that when that hotline blings, that can only mean one thing. It's Benjamin. Say hello, Benjamin. We've done this before. Uh, we do it every week, Ben. Yeah, I know. But we've... Look, Ben, there's no time for this sort of messing. Should we just go straight into the theme music? <gasps> theme music for the podcast. We don't actually have any music. <laughs> Benjamin, uh, look, we've we've got a lot to get through this week, so let's get straight into the news. Then we'll do the reviews, and then we'll move on to a topic. How does that sound to you? Sure. Good. All right. Ben, um, speaking of things which are kind of hellish and torturous, have you seen the trailer for the new X-Men movie? <laughs> what? The, the new X-Men movie. I'm so confused. Uh, okay. The new movie, the new movie Dark Phoenix. Yeah. The new movie Dark Phoenix is going to be... A lot of shite. A lot of shite. My God, it looks rough. It looks... Look, I've gone off Sophie Turner. Let's let's not beat around the bush here, Michael. Oh, no, she's turned you off of her. Oh, God. She, oh, yeah, that's a great shocking joke. Um, Benjamin, look, you don't have to reduce everything to a list of how attractive you find the female characters. Are there any other good or bad points about it? She's got... Uh, again, we're making Mystique everybody's best friend. Yeah, I, isn't that I'm weird? S- I'm still against that. I think Jennifer Lawrence doesn't want to play a villain. I think we should just have a big old evil Mystique. And not only is she everyone's best friend, in each trailer she looks less and less like a, a mutant and more like Jennifer Lawrence in a very non-committal makeup. Yeah. She's now just Jennifer... J- Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. First campaigner for United <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> she looks like Jennifer Lawrence, but... Uh, <laughs> Like very lightly sprayed blue. I can't speak anymore. And then with like, I think she has six scales on her forehead. No one is splaying Jennifer Lawrence in no, the X Men. That would be very bad. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, we've gone from. It also goes against the characterization established in the earlier ones, where Mystique doesn't wear a suit. Yeah, and she um, now she's wearing one of the X Men jumpsuits. She's. Well, you know why that is, Ben. Much easier on the makeup yeah, for Hollywood she, superstar Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. But, like, she's making a mint out of this series. Just commit a little bit, Jennifer. No, it's a contractual obligation. Look, she does not give a fuck anymore. Yeah, she's she's out and about. Um, but, look, it's going to be a weird one. It's it's going to be... It looks very shoddy. Sophie Turner, first of all, is taller than Scott Summers by a country mile by the looks Jeez. of the trailer. <laughs> yeah. I like the fact that you're referring to one of them by the actor name. And the other one I don't the know the other name. actor's name. I don't know the man's name. It's the guy from Ready Player One. Isn't yeah, it, it is. Yeah, so it's, it's his him. name now escapes me. Yeah, I, I can't remember what it is. Um, Chad. He looks much younger than she does as well. Sophie Turner looks... I, I think he's probably over, older than Sophie Turner in real life. Maybe ben, it's the visor. Stop niggling about Sophie Herner's physical appearance. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, she's probably going to go off that. Um, no, it looks sloppy, uh, slapped together. There's, you know, they're messing around timeline-wise again. It mm-hmm. looks like we're going to have a little backwards and forwards. There's a ball James McAvoy 
And there's a, a haired the James se- McAvoy. 70 hippies James McAvoy. Yeah, we're bouncing backwards and forwards again. Magneto isn't wearing any of his costume anymore. He's in a big slick black number. The helmet's black again. Yeah. It was red at the end of Apocalypse. The funny thing is they seem to be playing an almost a kind of a lip service to the fact that the original story was a space opera by having it take part at least a tiny bit in the ever so slightly upper atmosphere. Yeah, there's a little bit of night sky there mm. occasionally. Uh, it looks like Jessica Chastain is going to be some form of... Either Jessica Chastain or the woman you frequently confuse for Jessica Chastain, Jessica Chastain. Yes, I made a mistake earlier <laughs> while watching the trailer. The one, the two women I actually confuse most often are Bryce Dallas Howard and Jessica Chastain. Well, that's not entirely true, Ben. The two women you most often confuse <laughs> are Brie Larson and Mary Mary Elizabeth Winston. Yes. Would you like to tell the tale, Ben, or shall I tell the tale? So I'll tell the tale. I, <laughs> ben arrived at my house today... With a, with a look on his face of unrestrained glee. And I was sat in my chair uh, preparing for the podcast, as I do. Uh, at least one of us does. And then Ben <laughs> tapped me on the shoulder and he said, Oh, 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 you'll be, oh, you've got a mixed retraction this week because it's not Brie Larson who plays Ramona Flowers in Todd, Todd Turner versus the world. It's actually Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Todd Turner versus the world. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Scott it's Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah. But Ben, I knew that, of course, because Brie Larson doesn't play Ron Flowers, does she, Ben? No, she plays the bloody the demon's head lead singer, yeah. ex-girlfriend of, of Scott Turner. Pilgrim, Todd Turner, who is some other character that Mick has made up in his own debut, uh, Scott up. Turner versus the known universe. Yeah, I've made up. It's a, um, people say it's derivative. <laughs> he like, doesn't agree with them. Ben, people say it's derivative like how this episode, this X-Men film is derivative of its own Oh, look, I pre- think, I think previous it's actually, version. watching the train scene there at the end of the trailer, there's a train scene where Dark Phoenix comes along and flips the L train. Mm-hmm. It's exactly from from that scene where Magneto does the same thing in World War Two. He's chasing down Nazis in the 60s. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. And he flips and the train he, around. Isn't Which that one is that? He's getting the bloody, he's getting the metal for the Sentinels. Is it? Is that when he flips the train? I'm not sure. Oh. One one of the X Men movies starring James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender as Magneto and Charles, he does an L train scene. And um, then it was almost certainly going to be a fight in a forest. Almost certainly. Those are the two mainstays of any X Men movie a fight in a train or around a train and a there fight is, in a forest. Actually. Yeah. In the first, is on a train in the first one. He's pinned one. in the first one. Um. That's it. There's a fight in the train station itself. Yeah. Oh, they love trains. They love an L train. Mutants and trains don't mix. Who knew? Uh, No, it looks very derivative. I I have never gotten invested in... I gave up on Apocalypse. Very bad movie. I am Apocalypse. Yeah, very bad movie. Oscar Isaac's good actor. Wasn't great in that. Um... I gave up on it. So I'm I'm not invested. I'm not invested in the new wave of Jean Grey, Scott Summers. Yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be... Roughly two hours, two and a quarter hours of Gene, Gene. Except Gene. this time we've got no Hugh Jackman to be like Gene, because <laughs> you can't have Hugh Jackman wandering around with a young one. It doesn't doesn't wash well with audiences. No, Hugh Jackman's a gentleman. Hugh Jackman is a gentleman. He'd mm-hmm. never do it. Yeah, and even if he would, he probably wouldn't spend ten minutes of podcast commenting on her appearance. I didn't. <laughs> you son of a bitch. That time. Ben, yeah, son um, of a bitch. What else is coming? That's it, really, isn't it? Uh, News wise, that was all we got. My We're going to go see Captain Marvel this week. We are. Are we? Mm. We yes, are. We are. Well, of course, we are. Of course, we are. Ben, <laughs> of course, we are. We're a pop culture well, podcast. Obligations, Benjamin. We we have them. Obligations. We've got them. Oh yeah, uh, Benjamin. Also, we're going to Dublin Comic Con this weekend. 
We are indeed. I do wish you wouldn't time your little Passovers when I'm drinking water, but you seem to take great glee in that. I do. Almost as much glee as I do in falsely accusing you of mixing up female actresses. Remember when you said that Brie Lar- I thought that Brie Larson was wrong. I was so proud at home I know. as well. I was sitting there, I actually rubbed my hands together in glee, which is something I don't do very often. I was like, oh, I got him. I got him. Oh, I got him. No, Ben, um, I'm not saying, you. Ben, I didn't accidentally say that Brie Larson was Ramona Flowers. So if someone wants to produce a clip from last week and prove on, that I said defend that. defend me. Look, that's fine. But I, I didn't think that. Anyway, Ben, shut up for a second. <laughs> we're going that. to Dublin Comic Con, Ben. We are, we are, are we indeed. Going to, what are we going to do? We're going to say hello to people. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, to wander around. We're going to take a look at some costumes. We're going to try and have a terrible costume ourselves, oh, Michael, yeah, here and there. That's per tradition. Um, we're going to try and talk to some artists this year. I think we're going to, we're going to just going to, just going to get engaged. Why, yeah. why are you into comics? What's the deal, gang? Yeah. So if you're going to be there. Yeah, give us an old text or an Instagram or something. Yeah, we'll get in touch with us on Instagram. Hello. We'd love to hear from you. We'll have a few stories this week chatting about what we're doing coming up to the Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be asking for your opinion on the Instagram. So please don't be afraid to get in touch with us. We'd be delighted. Um, if you fancy having an old interview with us about your costume, why you chose it, what tropes you happen to enjoy about that character, because I love an old trope. Ben loves a trope. Uh, do get in touch with us and let us know. We'd be very interested. We're very mm. much looking forward to it. Mm. We're having a production meeting this very afternoon. Mm. This very afternoon, it Michael. It should be very enjoyable. Mm. Mm, with noted nemesis of the podcast, Podcast Wanker. Yeah, well, he's not the nemesis of the podcast. He's very supportive. Of the I podcast. am the podcast, and the podcast is me. To go against <laughs> me is to go against the podcast, Michael. Hold on, just a, something a weird circle there. No, we're all right. Oh, we're okay. okay. Sorry, we're having we're having a few production issues today. Yeah, very um, odd technical issues. It's in response to the hubris of my comment earlier, saying, "Asher, look, we've done this before." Hello. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Michael and Benjamin's podcast. Welcome back to the tiny room. I am the man from Michael and Benjamin's podcast who is called Michael, and I am joined today by the man who is known as the man who knows that when that hotline blings, that can only mean one thing. It's Benjamin. Say hello, Benjamin. I can't keep doing this. Uh, okay, well, we do it every week. I, 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 I can't do it. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> we do it every week, Ben. It's, no, it's kind of you thing. don't understand. Ben, look, we've got a lot to get through this week, so do you want to just uh, introduce the theme music? The music for the podcast We don't actually have anything music (laughs) (laughs) Very good Um, Ben, we've got quite a lot to do this week So shall we go straight into news, then reviews And then we'll move on to our famous weekly topic Of course Very good, excellent Ben, um one thing that's happened this week is that Russian Doll has been getting very good reviews. Yes, bloody bloody Russian Doll. Yeah. Nailed it. Uh, no, I'm just joking. Russian Doll is the new Netflix series with Natasha Lyonne heading it up. Lynn? Leon? Leon? I think it's Natasha Lyonne. Are you sure it wasn't Mary Elizabeth Winstead? It could have been. It could have been. I often mix that character up with just about everybody on the planet. Um, yeah, it's getting very good reviews, uh, Michael. Very existential, very, very trippy. What's it about there, Michael? Ben, I've only seen the first half of it. I spent all day yesterday in preparation for this topic watching the whole darn thing. Ben, I forgot. <laughs> Let's be honest. I'll be honest with you, Benjamin. I just flat out forgot to do that. You do watch a lot of television, Michael, and to make way for the new stuff, you have to clear out the old stuff. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah, it, does. it is a shame. Benjamin, it's it's a classic time loop. An old day in the life over and 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 over again. So, Ben, without getting... that was I think you got those notes there properly. Without getting into, Ben, the the nature of the time loop aspect of it, was it a good program? Yes. As you and your good lady friend pointed out, 
intensely dislikable characters. Yeah, real um, assholes. Natasha Leon has kind of famously played that character throughout her career. Mm-hmm. The the kind of toss pot with a heart of gold here mm-hmm. and there. Um, this is no different, except this time she's head billing. It's it's an interesting concept. It's a good twist on the the classic time loop things founded in uh, other well, movies ben, that we mentioned that later. Yet. Yeah, we'll mention talk it later. about that now in a second. Um, I do think it innovates quite well on the the format. I think it's nice to see it in TV form for a change. We mm-hmm. often get it in movie form. It does a very good job of making an entire series out of it. Twenty five minute episodes, which yeah. I am a fan of. And how many of them? Uh, ten, I think. Just ten. Ten, 10 twenty five. Tight ten. 250 minutes 250 minutos uh, that is in the region of four hours in the region of four hours i did other things while watching it but i did watch it <laughs> okay i didn't have four hours to give to the entire series i mean that's four episodes of a marvel netflix series yeah sure look it's about the same sometimes ben watching those marvel netflix series feels like a bloody time loop you, you are stuck there watching the same character arc progress again and again and again no. uh, as far as this one goes again like i said nice innovations good characterization lots of twists on, a, on an old format. Let, interesting that you say that. That it's a twist on an old format. I'm gonna, I'm a, I'm gonna come back to that. Now okay, in a minute. fair enough. But first, Ben, we go into spoilers for, yeah, sure. um, for, for what's it called? Russian doll. It's not really about Russian dolls, is it? Unless I've missed something. Mm, I think. Well, I can explain it now in a second if we do full spoilers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> look, Ben. One of those waves looks like a penis. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It looks very. <laughs> looks very like a penis. Sorry. Go on. It looks very like a penis. Uh, yeah. So we're doing full spoilers from from the penis onwards. Um, so full spoilers from here on out, guys. If you haven't seen Russian doll yet, go go watch it there. It's only four hours, and yeah. come back to the podcast. Yeah. We'll give you a second. Hello, ladies. No, <laughs> he's going to do it again. Um, okay. So uh, it centers around Natasha Leon's uh, character, mm-hmm. and she has to relive the same day her thirty-sixth birthday, which is a milestone in terms of her psychological state. It's because, how old I am, Ben. Uh, what? There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, she, like McLeonard, is very apprehensive towards the age thirty-six oh, because they fear they'll be stuck in a loop for eternity and maybe end it by repeating a suicidal thought like their mother did. Oh, no, you don't do that. I'm only kidding, Michael. Well, but Natasha Leon does. My mother's fine. Everybody, everyone's listening. Um, I'm, I'm afraid um, Natasha Leon's mother is not so lucky. Uh, she. Uh, committed suicide at the age of 36 not the actress uh, no 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 the the character of Natasha Leon's mother sorry in Russian Doll yeah. she committed suicide at 36 and that was kind of seared into the mind of Natasha Leon's character whose name escapes me for some bizarre reason mm. Um, I don't know why, so I'm going to call her Natasha Leon's character All right. um, but as we go through she's forced to repeat the the evening and the night of her 36th birthday over and over again. That is the start point of her loop. She's staring at herself in the mirror mm-hmm. and kind of taking existential stock of her life. Yeah. Um, there's no particular reason given for the time loop. There's no, no there isn't. She, she quite often... Um, well, the reason they come up with is she meets another character who's experiencing his worst day over and over and over the and over and guy. over again. No, no, it's not the homeless guy at all. There's a, there's a new character introduced oh. uh, in episode three. Episode three or episode four. And he is experiencing the same thing. He is the perfect foil for Natasha Leon's character because he's, he, nice. he's nice. He has a mild form of OCD. Mm-hmm. He tries to structure his life. He tries to do everything perfectly first time round, ah. uh, which is the opposite to her character. She's a party girl. She fucks everything up quite often mm-hmm. um, runs around. He has been in a committed relationship for nine years ah. um, and he has his heart broken by his, his would-be bride oh, no. or would-be fiance. I think he relives say. that. He has to relive that night over and over and over and over and over and over again. Mm. And it's very interesting. So the two kind of find each other. 
but it, there's no romance subplot or anything like that which i really enjoyed they're just bound to each other in some kind of existential form there's some timeline shenanigans um like i said there are some interesting twists the first five episodes kind of comprise natasha leon's character trying to figure out why she's suffering the what's loop. going on yeah what's up yeah with this? so some we were given some pretty interesting explanations um some are religious in nature it's mm-hmm. a form of purgatory that's what her male foil believes it's a form of purgatory and punishment until she goes into a long diatribe about uh, moral relativism and things like that and kind of convinces him that's not the case because he's not really a bad person and other mm-hmm. people surely would deserve purgatory more than him, etc., etc., etc. That's one of the classic time loop reasons, Ben. One it's of the classic hell. time loop. We think it's hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they eventually realize that's not it. Um, there are some very interesting Hebrew-based, Torah-based oh, no. uh, loops that we have to look into. I bet you bloody the guy who writes uh, in Mortal Hulk would like that. He probably would. He's a big fan of, what, what was it called again? Ketters and, and, Ketters and Torahs and, and bloody all those lads all that kind of stuff but uh, we, we have a number of different things she thinks that someone's doing it to her at one point she mm-hmm. thinks that she's suffering for a different reason she thinks she's already uh, insane she thinks she might be insane at some point but it's very interesting and we see different things fundamentally the reason that they have to find and help each other is because one commits suicide and the other dies with unfinished business and they are just bound to each other and they have to but there's no reason given well, for them no, being chosen there's no physical reason it's a meta. It's a. It's a. They have to achieve a goal. Is that what it is? Uh, no. Well, the way that Natasha Leone's character, she's a programmer in the series, and and mm-hmm. one of the more interesting twists on this is she describes their deaths as a crash. She right. calls it a crash in the system caused mm-hmm. by a bug, um, and they've both seen each other in the same spot before they die, mm-hmm. and she pinpoints that as the origin of the bug, and they have to go and fix something that they missed doing the first time as a result of the bug. And that's what keeps crashing the system over and over again. The only thing they find that links them as people is that they die at the same time. Okay. Every time. Mm -hmm. So if one character dies, the other character dies almost instantly through some way. And the deaths vary from stage to stage. There's Mm -hmm. no consistency in the deaths at all. Um, So when one character dies, the other dies. So, for example, if Natasha Lyonne's character falls down an event Mm -hmm. surreptitiously... Uh, the male character will have a brain hemorrhage or something like that to match the death at the exact same time. Did you just say surreptitiously? Did I say surreptitiously <laughs> again? I did that last week as well. Um, what was I trying to say? I don't know. Simultaneously. That's what I was trying to say. Apparently, I have a problem with L-Y adverbs. Um, beginning with S. I think I, said, I think I said surreptitiously instead of surprisingly last you week. You did, yeah. Yeah, that's bizarre. Um, where yeah. are we? What anyway, twist. Ben, um, do they... Spoiler for me, Ben. Do they break the loop? Um... Yes, but not in the way you would expect. You want full spoilers? Go on, yeah. Yeah, they break the loop, but they end up in two individual timelines. Oh, um, separate. One where they don't know each other, but they still exist in the same point right before their counterpart dies. Right. So Natasha Leone has to save the male oh, character so from committing suicide. Dies. Okay. And uh, the, the male character has to save Natasha Leone from being hit by the car. That's a nice little twist. Um, and what's more interesting is uh, he has to convince her that he knows her. Whereas she simply has to follow him around the city because he's super drunk. Mm-hmm. So it's two unique challenges with the same end result, That's if that makes sense. A nice little twist. Very, very good. Um, so we have multiple timelines, multiverses, things like that. It goes a bit sliding doors. Um, absolutely. And then what's even better is both characters have to be consistent and still look after that other person because neither of them are aware of the... But they die in the timeline where they save the other one. Yeah. the one, uh, No, no, no. Every, everybody lives, but they don't recognize each other in their two separate timelines. Okay. So it, it very interestingly, towards episode seven, eight, nine 
of the series becomes very horror like because mm. uh, we find out more about Natasha Leon's character's background mm-hmm. and we find out that her mother was insane clinically mm-hmm. insane and she really struggled with that because she was raised by her mother in this very toxic she's just insane as well. unstable environment so we have a lot of unreliable narrator things stuff like that coming through and um, what makes it more interesting is that it starts to manifest in a more horror tone towards those episodes Ooh. so uh, Natasha Leon's character's inner child Natty L um, Natty L yeah I'm not sure what her name is her name is something Russian um, that is true in a similar way to Na- Natasha because it's bull, bull bull something the reason it's called uh, what I really enjoyed about Michael was the philosophical undertones and the very metaphysical so nature true, of it babe. yeah for me anyway that's very often true the reason it's called Russian Doll is because yeah Unlike a lot of time loop movies, mm-hmm. this one has consequences. There's a, a compounding of time in uh, each timeline that they go through and things alters. Things start to disappear from each timeline. Oh. Uh, so there is a deterioration. For example, the more the episodes progress, the more the fruit in each timeline is rotten. Oh, but if you cut the fruit open, it's perfectly healthy on the inside and it's only it's the outer shell. The that's right. So like what doll. you have is the more you go inside, the less you have. And the Russian doll goes inside and inside mm. and inside. So they're actually eating their way to the center of the Russian doll, if that makes sense, through timelines. Mm. If they don't manage to pull off, um, if they don't manage to break the loop by the final timeline, they die permanently. That's so, so there is a there is a twist. I spoiled it for you because we did full spoilers. But metaphysically speaking fascinating concept Mm. um, as they go through and it's interesting because all the characters that know her Mm -hmm. begin to mourn for her in each timeline so they're going through the psychological trauma of her being dead of her being dead so for example for example uh, in one character her mother figure uh, the one who looked after after her mother was gone Mm -hmm. kills her thinking she's a burglar in her house so that's the end of one timeline. In the next timeline, she bursts into tears the first time she sees her in the continuum mm. because she's still suffering from the trauma of the previous timeline. So there, there are interesting consequences that that go. And it causes, it's, it makes it very uncomfortable to watch, especially towards episode eight, nine. I found it uncomfortable to watch because I hated everyone. Um, yes, well, they are insufferable characters. I, I can't really save the New York narrative. It's very, uh, and low though I am to... to Reference him on the podcast. It's very Woody Allen. Oh no! Um, in the elitist art scene in in New York, kind of thing, and everybody's very witty oh. and charming, and everybody loves everybody, even though they're complete and utter assholes. Oh, son of a bitch. Uh, very common to hear. And if any of our viewers don't like this word, I'm very sorry. But very often you hear the female characters refer to each other as such a cunt, and I love you for it. Oh, very um, good. So it's it's just reinforcing that thing of oh, all my friends are assholes, but they're brilliant. Uh, Benjamin, it's very difficult to watch. Now, case. Benjamin, you're if I'm if I know my timelines, yeah, you're you about to explain. To to us how this all comes from Groundhog Day yeah, and then I'm about to interrupt you and tell you that that's not true so would you like to get that rolling there yeah just just give me a second to okay. prepare myself mentally on, for yeah. the beating on, I'm about yeah. to take so uh, we, we decided to do an old day loop yeah uh, breakdown Michael and I, I would start mm-hmm. With probably the most popular in terms of pop culture relevance oh, for an old time loop. I got you, you son of a bitch. You've made me more careful with my words, Michael. It's a tragedy. I used Good. to just blunder into things and swing around wildly, but now I have to be careful. Uh, and we're going to start with Bill Murray and Harold Ramis's Groundhog Day. Well, I'm going to stop you there, Ben. Go ahead. Because I watched a thing, Ben, many years ago. Go on out of it. Um, have you ever heard of 1201? I think we both know that I haven't. 1201 Ben was a, a short TV movie starring yes. the legendary Kurtwood Smith. Don't know. You do. He's Eric's dad from um, 
I do know him. You do know him? Yeah. He was also in the time loop episode of Star Trek Voyager. To finish that thought for Mick there, it's Eric's dad from that 70s show. Oh, yeah, did I not finish that? Um, yes, and in that, then, he plays a man, a businessman, who's living the same hour over and over again. Oh. Just an hour. Oh, that's not good. And, Ben, that's from television from 1990. Okay, so this concept. Three years before. I did say the most popular. No, I know. That's why you're safe. That's why you're <laughs> safe. safe. That's why safe today. Not a, so not probably one of the early instances would be this 1201 of and which you speak. One of the interesting things about that, Ben, is it is a purely science fictional um, concept in that. He's stuck in what's in that called a time bounce. Okay. And the kind of key to it, and the key to all of these really is that a scientist has a theory that consciousness is the only thing which exists outside of time and space. So it can get stuck. So consciousness can get... Well, consciousness can survive from loop to loop. So time Ah. is stuck in a loop, but only Kurt Wood Smith's consciousness... Can move forward. And the real... I I, I loathe to call it a twist, Ben, because it's one of the earliest. Go on. But the point of this one is that there is no escape. Oh, there's, I mean, love won't save the day, or dark. A, a, achieving some sort of metaphysical oneness, or an anti-humanist triumph of the film, or, or so even, even like some of them where you, like a lot of them, revolve around solving a mystery or yeah. achieving a, a remote, a romantic goal, fixing or a wrong, fixing a wrong, or the science fiction ones involve a machine yeah, or a, a MacGuffin or a, some sort of explosion or something. But this one is, it's a thing that's happened. And you're not getting out of it. You're done. Sorry about you. And it's the most existentially terrifying of them. Yeah, well, it, it that's really the tact we were going to take today, I think, is, is looking at the, the implications. There are so many different ways of and doing ben, this. And it's from 1990, and it looks like it was filmed on a potato. Oh, really? It's a bit rough around the edges. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, um, yeah, so, I mean, that, that probably brings us to the... Ooh. Yeah, I got a Groundhog Day. Uh, that probably brings us to the rules of, of things like this. I suppose mm. Groundhog Day, again, would be the most popular one and the one that people are most familiar with um, throughout, unless you're a hardcore 1201 fan and Kurt Wood Smith. Well, Ben, I'm going to interrupt you Acolyte. again. Go on. If you were a fan of Star Trek The Next Generation, Ugh. you obviously weren't, judging by your face and Ugh. scornful expression. Ben, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation in 1992 Ugh. had an episode um, called Cause and Effect written by Brannon Braga and directed by one uh, Jonathan Frakes who we're going to meet at the weekend. Oh, are we? Yeah, Commander Riker, he's coming to oh, the no way. meeting. Oh, the spinny day. chair guy. Yes, uh, oh, spinny, spinny chair, chair guy. Standing up with a oh, leg on a console guy. Excellent. Um, uh, he I'll directed look forward to that, man. And Benjamin, in that, it also predates Groundhog Day. Hmm. When's Groundhog Day? 1993? 1993. Yeah, so this was 92. Ah. And they wanted to do an unusual time travel episode. Yes. And it's nearly a Groundhog Day episode. Beat for beat. Ne- no. No. Because it predates Groundhog Day. Yes, okay. So Groundhog Day is nearly a Star Trek movie. But it's a little, the rules are a little bit different, which is why I'm interrupting you before That's we get okay. into the That's main fine, body. That's fine, because we're going to... Because gonna... in this, Ben, no one's particular consciousness survives the loops. Okay. Everyone has a faint hint of deja vu. Oh. And right? Okay. So there isn't a prime... There's not a there's not an agent or I mean, there's not a It is a Dr. Crusher episode, the with the lovely red hair. Ugh. Very nineties. Um Ugh. it's it focuses around her and we see it from her perspective, but everyone in classic Star Trek fashion then yeah, a ship a full of geniuses. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're all... They, they figure it it's out. It's the 31st... Which century is it set in? In the 2400s, so the 25th century. 25th century, yeah. So they're all higher evolved beings. No, they're not. They're just normal people. Ah, but they're... I mean, it's the, it's the flagship of the Starfleet, Ben. It's the it's a ship full of geniuses and paragons and Wesley Yeah, they're all, they're all in the... T- <laughs> Wesley Crusher. <laughs> Poor Wesley. Um, they've got all the best people. Like, it's the Donald Trump It's the Donald spaceships. Trump I've got all the best people. Space Force. But anyway, Ben, what am I saying? Yes, so they use science because this is a science incident. We love science. And uh, they send a message. They figure out how to send a message forward through the loops, a subconscious mm. message. This one is really good. It's one of the best time loops because back then time loops were so new. Yeah, it wasn't. A, it was a they, new trope. They played it as a mystery. And it is probably the most fun, mysterious episode of the originals of uh, the next generation of Star Trek. That's pretty good. It's a really good mystery. But it still has some of the trapeze, which is how I pronounce tropes now. I can see that. It has some of the trapeze of a classic time loop. There's an introductory scene, which is needlessly complex specific yeah there's lots of specific detail and then the dog barks and then they bump into the man very important they're playing cards yeah and they oh i remember this episode i remember specifically the card scene because one of the characters stops them and starts to predict the cards around the table i remember watching that when i was very young it's very good so did i ben it came out in 1992 it was a no but it was a rerun on sky one or something like that all of you in 1992 ben uh, I was two years, one year old, yeah. one years old, um, one years old. But it's brilliant. <laughs> it's a really good episode. And when they break the loop at the end, spoilers, uh, it, it's not a metaphysical thing in this. It's a it's a physical thing that's happened. They break the loop by avoiding a crash with the spaceship. And there's one of the best cameos in Star Trek history of the captain of the other ship. And I told my good lady friend, this is one of the best cam, not to spoil it, but this is one of the best cameos in Star Trek history. And she said, who is it? Danny DeVito. Nice. <laughs> Not Danny DeVito. No, his, or his Daniel evil twin. Day Day Lewis. Yeah, no, I know. Danny DeVito. Yeah, that's not his name, Ben. It's no, but that's the half son of of that's uh, no, the the mixed son of of Danny DeVito and Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, they famously, had a child. He famously went full method when he was playing the penguin and played a woman. Lived in the sewers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you were saying. Sorry. So Groundhog Day. In a very similar fashion, I suppose, Daddy came and, what's, and, and I suppose what the big difference between what you just described as a Star Trek episode and Groundhog Day is. Groundhog Day is played squarely as a comedy, romantic comedy, if you really want to push the genre. Um, but we remove some very key things. There is no real existential angst in this film. There are occasionally existential questions that Bill mm-hmm. Murray asks himself. For example, I'm God. Mm-hmm. This is one of his famous ones where he says, I am God. I'm not a God. Well, this, this. I'm going to stop you there, Ben. Because Kurt Wood Smith says that in 1201. There you go. So it could be stolen. What I would say is there is existential horror from the description you've given of Kurt Wood Smith's one. That's brushed over. Mm. Um, Bill Murray eventually we surrenders. There, we did, bit. yeah. It was a nice lovely little, <laughs> lovely little hand touch there. Um, that was just me calming you down because Thanks, you Bill. thought I was belittling Kurt Wood Smith. I love Kurt Wood Smith. <laughs> I love Kurt Wood Smith. Daniel DeVito. Any kind of psychological trauma that we would have seen in Russian Doll, any kind of existential horror that we would have seen in 1201. Mm-hmm. Um any kind of, of draining of, you know, it doesn't wear out Bill Murray's psyche in Groundhog Day. He, no, despite the fact he's there for up to 10,000 years, according to some internet sites. I think it's, I think the the very conservative estimate is 40 years. 
Yeah, but some people say if you were gonna, yeah, some people say that, but surely you would have gone bad. But look, it doesn't really matter. It's not real, Ben. It, it's not real. You can guess this all you want. I did spend the day researching that, and I was like, that doesn't make for a very good podcast. That's not no. interesting. <laughs> also, that content already exists. But they opt away from existential terror. Yeah. In, in Groundhog Day but it's that doesn't a, mean a bit of a romp yeah and then the, the time loop was the format was probably firmly established at that point and then we start to see new adaptations of it and I've, I've broken it into three characters well hold on Car- man I'm gonna stop you okay. again <laughs> because what is that a cat this is, uh, this is my 800th time trying to do this episode of Michael <laughs> and he never lets me finish I don't know what you're talking about Ben never. I'm gonna let you finish I'm gonna let you finish but Beyonce had one of the best music videos of all time Ben what Groundhog Day did do is introduce the the format. The very specific things happen, and then we know he's going to solve those problems as he goes through. But then it introduces the format of there's uh, the, you wake up on the first day and you're confused. On the second day, you're starting to figure it out. Then the comedy starts where you realize you can't die or you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Then they make an effort to try and solve it, become exasperated by that, and then accept it, and that's when they achieve their goal. It's very like the seven stages of grief. Is it? Using time loopy stuff. And that's that I think is what Groundhog Day brought to the yeah, genre. It, it made a it made a copyable copyable yeah. a a duplicatable mm-hmm. format. Mm-hmm. And that's what we get. You can break them into three different categories, I suppose. If you go off that, I gave it a little bit of thought. You have your parodies of it so tv shows generally parody groundhog day a good example of that would be the supernatural episode that you directed me towards um it's it, called uh, episode, mystery spot yeah episode 11 season three yeah mystery spot bloody sam winchester has to watch his brother get get absolutely destroyed every day the thing about that one yes what makes that one different because you have to have a twist sure you have to have your twist on it. Sure. And the twist on that one is that it's a malevolent entity that's causing it. Which is very rare in time loop narratives. Yes. It's very rarely has a source point. It very rarely has, especially a sentient source point mm. that's doing it on purpose. Yeah. Um, as I was saying earlier, Russian Doll toys with that for one episode where she thinks there's a malevolent force that's targeting people. Mm-hmm. But there isn't. Um, however long... Natasha Leon survives she survives until she dies and then restarts the loop from where mm-hmm. she was so if she lives for a week after the the event that's fine but she will die eventually she'll just mess it up and she'll die and she'll go right back so she could theoretically live her entire life die and then go back to that die day. and then go back to that oh, loop no. but it depends well, on it's great yeah it's interesting uh, but it, that's not the case in Supernatural. Mm-hmm. He must die. He dies that day. Um, yeah, there's one hilarious scene where they drop a piano on his yeah, head, I he think. squashed. Yeah, yeah, and then Sam tries various things. He tries to not let them leave the motel room, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And he what? then shocks himself when he's shaving or slips in the shower. Or there's one episode where Sam accidentally kills him with an axe because yeah. they're arguing over who gets the axe. My favorite moment in that whole episode is the one where they try and stay in to avoid their fate. Yeah. And Dean is eating and he says... Do these tacos taste funny? And then it cuts to the next morning. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, Absolutely brilliant. exactly. So that's kind of how we know there's a malevolent force in that one. But that makes it quite unique in time loop narratives mm. in that there's a malevolent agent trying to cause this. And it gives it a different ending as well because yeah. the ending isn't like the others. Ben, one of the things that these time loops allow shows to do is do a very dramatic cold open. Hello. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Michael and Benjamin's podcast. Welcome back to the tiny room. I am the Michael of Michael and Benjamin's stop. podcast. And I, Please what, stop. What? Just just stop. What are we doing? Why? Just 
But no. Do you want to do the theme music? No más. No. <laughs> no más, señor. Um, Por favor. What? All right. Okay. Theme music for the podcast. We don't actually have any theme music. Son of a bitch. Benjamin. Um, <laughs> My personal favorite time loop episode is um, the Stargate one. Have you What's seen that? it? What's that? It's called Window of Opportunity. The twist in it is that Colonel Jack, it's two people stuck in the time loop. Now, uh, this is from the late 90s. A la Russian doll. 2000s. Not really, because they know each other from the beginning. Ah, okay. And because they're in the military and they know each other very well and they're very close, everyone believes them instantly. There's no messing around. They in the first time loop they convince everyone they're in the time loop. Is this the female colonel character and the spectacled man? No, it's the uh, the exact other two. Oh, okay, it's, Teal'c uh, and Teal'c and MacGyver. Um, <laughs> Teal'c the, and MacGyver. What really sells the episode is MacGyver is brilliant. He's he he, he keeps saying things which don't prove that they're in the time loop. Okay. Like he points to Teal'c and says, does this look like the face of a crazy man? And Teal'c just has a blank yeah, expression. usual Make thing. up the thing on his yeah. head. And he says, okay, bad example. But it's very good. Um, it, he, he gets to kiss Colonel Carter. And just having watched that episode again, Ben, certainly it's a great show. But without saying anything... Richard Dean Anderson, who plays mm-hmm. uh, MacGyver and then therefore also plays Colonel Jack O'Neill, he sells his character's unre- not unrequited, but kind of forbidden love of the Samantha Carter. Ah. Samantha Carter. He sells that with every Loop. line. No, look. Oh, right. He just, he, he never, like, it's never really spoken about. But he just sells it so well. Does he ever cement that by the end of the series or the end of his run in the series? Or I don't really remember. Yeah. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, anyway, yeah, it's a great episode. But I, it's I, probably my favorite time loop episode. Fun Ben fact, completely off right. topic. Could never watch that show because of the parasitic nature of the the bad guys. The Gwauld. Yeah, when that they let you. the thing into the... St- I hate parasites. I hate any kind of parasite oh, narrative. That's good I hate. Know. Yeah, it's one of my big uh, no-no Did things. you like the movie Slither? Uh, hated it. I hate any kind of parasitic timeline, oh. uh, anything that involves a host organism or something just rubs me the wrong way. The only one I can stomach is Venom oh. because it's not an insect it's type outside. creature that goes inside. Yeah, oh. I have a serious good to know. issue with, with anything like that. In fact, I used to live in massive fear when I read all about them as a child that if I went swimming in the wrong ocean or if I peed in a river or something like that, that something would go up. And devour me from the then. inside. Hate parasites. That's very interesting. That uh, that speaks to the era in which we were brought up. I think mm, possibly. Yeah, I, I was when I was a kid, and even now, I'm terrified of AIDS. Oh, there you go. <laughs> were parasites a big thing in the early nineties? It must have been. It must have been. Yeah, maybe anyway. malaria parasite. No. Oh, just anyway, don't like parasites. Well, anyway, sorry. Back to time loops. Yeah. Um. So then you have two other types, Michael. So we, we've been talking mostly about uh, parodies or mild adaptation uh, things. Then you have the philosophy. Um, mm. philosophy style ones where we use it as a uh, philosophical investigation or a, mm-hmm. a fun little sand sand bl- uh, what do you call it sandblast sandbox yeah. uh, sandbox to kind of play around with some ideas or usually interestingly as you said with uh, with Carter and O'Neill mm-hmm. it's to play around with fan service that you don't want to yeah. commit to mm. we do that a lot Daniel Jackson like actually says in that episode 
what's it like living in a time loop and realizing that you can do anything you've ever wanted with no consequences? Yeah, and that what that's what leads to the fun bits of the episode. Yeah, so it's it's interesting to see that, and you, it's either it's usually amnesia or time loop that allows characters to explore kind of stuff that they've always wanted to do and blah blah blah. Everyone has collective amnesia; and nobody remembers what happened. What's going on? Even Umbrella Academy is a good example. Bloody time yeah. loop oh, thanks time to one lo- character that time loop episode is why we started this yes that was that was the main that. reason but we'll get to that in a second uh, you have your philosophical things for example source code mm. we, we talked about that and whether or not it's a real well it kind of is loop. it is it he has to repeat loop. the same eight minutes over and over and over and over again yeah more than one person is aware of what's happening and what, what stops it from being a time loop episode for me is it's a choice Mm. Um, but I haven't seen the whole movie, so I don't know. <laughs> and it all turns out to not be real anyway. Oh, does it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. But then it is. It's weird. It's a okay, it's one, it's one of those things. Ending. But another good example of that would be Edge of Tomorrow. Incredibly philosophical. Can you change the future based on what you're doing at the time? Edge of Tomorrow, Band is a good film. It's a great film. I recently watched it. I'm a big fan of Emily Blunt. I'm, Tom Cruise is growing on me. People love seeing Tom Cruise get killed. That's the problem with Tom Cruise. People. Not that you get love to see him get killed, but he's very good at being a protagonist. One of my... You went a bit Tom Cruise there. <laughs> one, of yeah. my, one of my favourite things about that movie is it deals with how that ability would work for a hero, essentially. Yeah. Because I always thought it would be cool to have a superhero who had that power, but essentially no one would ever know. They would just be a person who always got the best outcome. Of everything. And you don't know how much effort they've actually had to exactly. put in to get there. Like, they could have gone through millions of loops to win this battle. Well, that is what Emily Blunt's character is at the start. Exactly, she's yeah. a poster girl, but nobody realises that she's died, like, hundreds of times exactly. to become that and poster would, character. Wouldn't it be cool to have a character in mainstream comics or movies who has that? Imagine, that could be what Hawkeye is. He's Ooh. actually not the world's greatest archer. He's just done it so many times. The loop only continues when he gets it when right. When he gets it right. And that's oh, why he that never misses. Incredible. You would be psychologically damaged, though, by the end of it. You'd just be like... Ugh. That's the thing. That's why it's kind of cool. And then if he couldn't beat Thanos, then nobody... Nobody Although, can. That's kind of the way that Doctor Strange does it. Because Doctor Strange uses time loops as a weapon. Yeah, there's a, new, there's a new theory that he spent eons in the time loop that he had to bargain with Dormammu mm-hmm. for. Because he only had, what... 15 seconds before Dormammu killed him normally yeah. I've come to bargain squash yeah like it's a fascinating thought and that's where he learned all his mysticism and it's why he's so powerful in the next one and blah, mm. blah, blah. all kinds of theories to fill those gaps and then the other ones that we have Michael um, is of course uh, adaptation and that's where we take the beats from from that classic formula from Groundhog Day and we mm-hmm. adapt it to different genres, genres. so uh, probably the best example of that in recent memory would be Happy Death Day Ben I quite enjoyed that yes very good film watched it over the weekend my lady Michael. lovely my lovely lady loved it too yes it's very good it keeps some of the comedic beats of, of a mm-hmm. Groundhog Day for example the day where she's had enough and she goes out exactly. buck naked yeah. um, the days where she's had enough and then she has her perfect day like yeah. Bill Murray's character and that doesn't um, save the day I quite enjoy when they have the perfect day and they have it taken away from them. Mm-hmm. I think it happens to Bill Murray's character as well, where he falls asleep with her in the bedroom. He ruins the And he date. ruins it by doing something very, very small that otherwise would have been a perfect day. But it's interesting to watch those episodes because I always feel how frustrating that must be <laughs> for the character when they they really nailed it and yet the loop restarted anyway. Like, that has to be the worst part where you're just like, no, I can't do it anymore. Um one it's interesting that you've broken them down that way what the way i was breaking them down is based on 
what's the twist that makes a difference from Groundhog Day? Yeah. In Happy Death Day, the twist is not unlike Russian Doll, now that you've mentioned it, that her injuries carry over. Yeah. She starts to compound damage. She doesn't have infinite time. Yeah. She is going to gradually die. There's a process of deterioration. In the Stargate one, the twist was that there were two of them. In Ah. the Star Trek one, the twist was that no one was fully aware. It was all and everyone was déjà vu. Mi- suffering mild trauma. Although now uh, the Stargate one was the Star Trek one was before Groundhog uh, uh, Day. Uh, in the X Files episode Monday, the twist is it's not happening to the main characters. Mm-hmm. It's happening to a side character who's trying to tell Mulder and Scully. Ah, oh, what's happening? Yeah. So they're the they're the person. Okay, that's interesting. And she eventually she eventually actually says to Mulder. We're all in hell. I'm just the only one who knows it. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and she eventually convinces Mulder what's happening. And he's able to tell himself in the next cycle and break it. Oh, that's interesting. But to break the cycle, she has to die. The the woman the who's going witness. through the cycle. Yeah, okay. And she says, this has never happened before. And that appears to be the end of the cycle. Oh, interesting. And they all have a little different wrinkle on it. They have to have a little wrinkle Well, then. you can't just repeat Groundhog Day. That's not cool. Ah, uh, very good. Uh, um, but like, there are a couple of rules that you see repeated that kind of make it a classic Groundhog mm-hmm. Day thing. One, one of the examples there would be, um, usually it's one character, as you said, that... that bears witness to this mm-hmm. constantly um, it's very often non-linear so the character can travel backwards and forwards in time depending on which part of the loop in some oh, you time travel narratives yeah exactly it has to be a loop they can mm-hmm. go backwards or forwards depending on where, what part they die in and you understand no no okay it's do over time travel mm-hmm. actual time travel only works forwards in most modern narratives on time travel where they say you can't go back a good example would be number four from umbrella academy not number four number five mm-hmm. number five from Umbrella academy it takes him years to figure out how to go backwards and he doesn't actually figure out how to do it he's given a special box that allows him to do it himself mm-hmm. um and he figures it out yeah, uh, but then everyone can time travel backwards anyway that kind of shoots itself in the foot yeah i know but it's just interesting as as it goes along that you see those different things um very often it's non-intentional i think that's what makes classic loops for me is that there's no particular reason it's happening. That's what I enjoy. That's <laughs> I don't, interesting. I don't always look for, or I don't always care why it's happening. In the Star Trek, ep- the Stargate episode, Ben, it's a guy operating a machine ah, who is trying to use the time of the loop to figure out how to time travel back in time to see his wife. Oh. And the way they break the loop in that, it's not a metaphysical vague thing that has to be achieved yeah. for some reason they just have to convince him to turn the machine off okay fair so enough they, they they end the situation with a chat yeah it it's interesting to see that in um, when you come back to MacGuffins and what causes it that's how Happy Death Day to you the sequel mm-hmm. to Happy Death Day uh, that's Which I the, haven't seen that. That's the, okay. Well, uh, mild, yeah, spoilers. mild spoilers. Mild um, spoilers. There's a mysterious reason the loop is happening mm-hmm. in in the first Happy Death Day, and it's mm-hmm. never actually discovered why it's the one loop of the is. Metaphysical ones, yeah. Yeah, it's one of the metaphysical ones. Um, in Happy Death Day Two, spoilers for a movie that's out currently. Mm-hmm. 
It's a MacGuffin. Um, there's a group of researchers at a different part of the campus and oh. they've developed a machine and the machine That's explodes cute. at the time that the loop starts for ah, her. And I'm not 100% sure. It, it didn't actually explain why she's the she's chosen good. one. Like Kirkwood Smith. Yeah, it's a little bit of a mistake or, or a little bit of a hanging thread, I suppose. Not a mistake, but a hanging thread. Um, and that's what it is. It's a MacGuffin. And they've set themselves up for, for Happy Death Day 3 You. Oh, very good. Um, <laughs> because uh, the government gets involved at the end of Happy oh, Death Day 2 You. Sons of bitches. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's Star Trek Discovery did one. Did they? Um, oh, they Star did. Trek Discovery with that very was, attractive lady. Uh, Just obsessed with physical appearances. You like. are. It's weird. What's her name? Her name's Michael in the show, which may freaks me. Which out. is so racist. Um, we never remember the names of the characters who are a different color. Just the actors. Yeah, Alexander Ship played Storm. Also, you can't tell Bryce Dallas Howard and Jessica Chastain apart. Yeah, really, you can't tell women apart. <laughs> it seems to be women, Ben. If you weird. or anyone you know has been affected by my lack of recognition of female individual characteristics, um, right into the podcast. And anyway, in um, in Discovery, it's uh, it's malevolent force again. Oh, it's Harry Mudd. And Harry it's, Mudd. Yeah, it's a great name. And it's two people. Okay. So that's the twist. It's also not very pleasant. Oh really? It's, yeah. an, it's an unpleasant episode. It's slightly unpleasant. Yeah, I think that's one of the one of the things that really stood out to me in terms of Russian Doll. It's Green? just how is her name Green. Green. Her last name. I'm gonna look her up. While couldn't you tell talk you. about Russian Doll. Well, one of the things that was very harrowing is to watch that compounded damage um, start to affect people psychologically. It becomes very eerie. Um, one of the things that Russian Doll does very well is is creating that eerie atmosphere that something is very very wrong mm-hmm. in the final few episodes. Like, it doesn't change anything massively. There's no uh, quickening of pace, but surely through set design and the amount of people in New York... Martin Green. (laughs) And the amount of people in New York City, you get this very eerie feeling because slowly the amount of people in each set or scene reduce or the amount of objects Mm, in a room reduce. So when we begin the episode, it's a full swinging New York party in an artist's loft. By the end, it's her and her best friend in an empty apartment and her friend is behaving... As if they're in the middle of a great party. She's dancing in the middle of the dance floor, but there's nobody else in the That's apartment. Brilliant, ben. And all the, that now. I'd like to watch all that. the furniture. No, because I, I haven't ruined it at all because yeah, it's still very odd to watch. Um, but anyway, what is your favorite um, time loop? I think either Star Trek Cause and Effect or Window of Opportunity. Oh, you're not talking no, to me. No, I'm talking to you. You're talking to, I'm talking to, talking to the listeners. Uh, talking to the listeners. Do you enjoy time loops? Do you find them endlessly frustrating? Do you think they're a hack convention that people shouldn't use in TV <laughs> did series? You enjoy how it's I been did done it a million men. times. Did you enjoy me going through the same loop? What do you mean did it to me? I'm still going through it. This is time 800, 652. Ben, I think we should point out just for the listeners that you didn't know that I was going to do that. No, the the second time when I got really annoyed at you, where I was like, "Why did you?" We we had a, we did have a technical issue at one point, and I stopped. And I was like, "Why did you start the episode over again?" And Mick committed to the bit and just went. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so he tried to gaslight me, uh, and it wasn't fun. We are going to be at Dublin Comic Con yeah, this come weekend. Come and say hello to us. Um, I am, despite appearances, the more approachable of the two. Ben yeah. is a bit skittish. That's a complete lie. Um, that's ben, a, ben might skitter off if you shock him. That's a complete lie. Um, a complete lie. Um, if you are a female listener who's come up to me before, I might not recognise you because apparently that's one of my big problems. Like <laughs> women face blindness. <laughs> women face blindness. But um, not not generally skittish. Uh, so look, come up, have a chat with us, mm-hmm. tell us what you think. Um, if you like any other time travel tropes, 
um, that you've seen, for example, trying to get back to the past, yeah. uh, back to the future, classic things like that. Let well, us know. Ben, I wonder if there, maybe the listeners would know this, is there enough material to do a similar episode on the sliding doors type of time travel Multiple episode? timelines. Multiple splitting, branching timelines oh, I episode. I love that stuff. That is mm. existential horror mm. at its finest. We might do that. Yeah, let's do that. This is a great little, yeah. Okay. But so next the, week, Ben, we have a special guest. Who do we have? Uh, Rachel. Oh, we have bloody the the glamorous lady of, of the podcasting. Ori- the original glop. The original glop. OG glop. Yeah, we're talking about wrestling. Old glop. So if you have any favorite uh, wrestlers who have made the transition across to genre movies and TV shows, let us know. Because yeah. that's what we'll be talking about next week. Uh-huh. And we're going to be at DC Comic Con uh, next weekend. So if you see me or Michael, I'm just kidding. There's no more loops. We're done. Oh, we're done. Do <laughs> uh, that's it for us. Bye. 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 Hello. <laughs> <laughs>